0: Oh, glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. First, I'd like to thank Pastor Justin, and I'd like to thank everybody here for allowing me the opportunity to come up here, for believing in me, and. Um, I just consider this an honor and a privilege to be with you saints of God. I mean, arm in arm yesterday out there doing the Kappa ride out, right? There was a big semi truck. They had to move out of the way. It was blocking the intersection. And this guy pulls out this chain link, right? This, these chains, right? And I'm looking at that thing. I said, you're going to pull that big old heavy tractor trailer and the, and the whole thing with that chain. And he said, yeah, I'm going to put it up under here. It can withstand like 45, some thousand pounds, Oh, man, of course, you get a spiritual moment out of that. Every link joining together. Man, imagine what we're doing here as a a body of believers. Imagine what we're lifting in the spirit realm right now. Imagine what we're doing to this community and and the influence that we're having, right? A people of praise, a house of worship, right? People of faith, and we got spheres of influence, right? Hallelujah. And I watched that. I watched that rig just, just pull that thing up and, and heard those chains just stretch. And he just pulled that thing all around. And I was just like, man, Lord, imagine what we as a body of believers can do. Hallelujah. Oh, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness. It, we believe this word, Father. We are people of faith. We have uncommon faith, Father. We are people of uncommon valor. I mean, men and women of God, the just live by faith. And Lord, tonight we're going to read your word. And as we read your word tonight, Father, your words are anointed in Jesus' name. They're anointed, Lord. Your words bring in light. They're anointed. And they get down into the the heart. They get down in and they begin to grow. They begin to develop. We begin to water them with praise and the word and praise and meditation. And it begins to grow, Father. So as it comes forth tonight, Lord... I thank you because it's going to be your word that sets them free. It's going to be your word that's going to open up their eyes. It's going to be your word that's going to have them see things. Oh my goodness, this is a year of firsts. This is a year of unprecedented, overflowing abundance and a year of restoration. So Father, we receive all this tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'd like to start off with uh, some... uh, information about what we're doing as a church in an outreach right because back in 2018 you know 2017 2018 pastor justin said the lord had shared with him that we would have 500 person evangelism team by 2023 2,000 people in the, in the service right and of course i always joke around i thought it meant i had to find 500 different ways to evangelize in the community and i was like no 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 he's like no we, we want the whole church involved in this. I, like, thank you, Lord. And, um, and so I started praying in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord revealed to me, you know, you have something to say. He said, Tell them that you've got something to say. You've got an experience with God, you have something to say, right? Oh, hallelujah. And you got the Lord living on the inside of you. So you are a carrier of his presence. And that's why I disagree with the world. Because I'm not a carrier of COVID-19. I'm not a carrier of the curse. I am a carrier of the light of God. And I believe that in my heart. In the name of Jesus. I am a carrier of the presence of God. Oh my goodness. I'm a carrier of his presence. Don't you tell me I'm going to spread that disease. I'm not going to believe it. Now, you want me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask, okay? You want me to do certain things, okay? I'm going to work with you, okay? I'm not against you, all right? I'm not a carrier of the curse. Jesus took care of that for me on the cross. I've got to believe this. i got to believe John 17. i got to believe I'm in him and he's in me. I got to believe he's in the Father, and the Father's in him. I've got to learn how to operate in this environment. I've got to learn how to let my light shine. I've got to learn how to let this glow, flow. Right? Hallelujah! Oh man, you guys want to see me get riled up? It's like, man, it's like this was the biggest thing that got me and caught my attention was is when they started saying you could be carrying that curse, and I was like, oh. Ho, ho, ho. Mm. It's like, no, I read Deuteronomy 28. I read it, okay? I've read what Jesus did. I've read it. And so we got to up our game, folks. We got uh, Magic Johnson, man. I watched the series on him once, and they got to play against the Boston Celtics, right? He's on the L.A. Lakers, and they got whooped. And he said, you know what? We were champions. We were supposed to be here. He said, we were we were champions. We were great players. He said, but those guys had some kind of intensity that we didn't have. And that got to me. And he said, we went back after that season and we were determined that we're not only going to have that intensity, but we're going to have a higher intensity than them. And they went in that next year and beat them. And uh, man, I learned from that. It's like, we as a body of believers have to up our intensity in the name of Jesus and i believe the lord's going to do it because dr savell we received that word from the lord from dr savell right this is a year of abundant overflow right miracles new eras right don't don't be discouraged by the media all right all right we're going to talk about this tonight i'm not against the doctor's diagnosis i'm against his prognosis And that's where the problem lies, okay? And we're gonna talk about that tonight. I'm not disillusioned, okay? I'm not in some kind of la la land. I know what's going on. Thank you. I got it. But I answer to a higher court, I answer to a higher power. Now, if they don't understand, that's fine. I'm not gonna argue with them, I'm just not gonna get in an argument. I'm not doing this out of arrogance. I'm not doing this out of stupidity. Do you understand that? I'm doing this because I know who I am and whose I am. And you don't get that way unless you're spending time in the Word, unless you make an altar in your heart like we've been talking about, and unless you become a person of uncommon faith. And so I want to share with you that we've got about 100. Oh, we, my goal by this year was to have about 160 people by 2021 to go out and evangelize, and we've been doing that. Amen. So we've got about 160 members doing all kinds of various things. We're going all out into the community. We've been doing prison ministries, but because of the COVID, they've shut it down right now. But we've been going to the nursing homes. You know, we, we have the chief of police boards, um, Pastor Rick and what he's doing with the Crowley Sports. We work with Crowley House of Hope, the Johnson County Crisis Center, the Hughley Rehab that we just talked about, The Next Step, the Rescue Her. I mean, we're doing, and now we got to embrace grace. So we're doing things, okay? We're doing it, man. Hallelujah. We are doing it. And um, we send letters to the juveniles, right? This is something that we do right now. Okay, we can't go in, so we're going to send videos. So me and Eric has made, made a lot of videos. We send them in there, me and Eric Leonard. And uh, they've been watching when we send letters. We have prayer ladies that have been sending letters. We've got prayer ladies that pray for the, the uh, people at the Hughley Rehab Center. He sent a letter to me, Chaplain Brown. God bless that man. Loves the Lord, believes in the Holy Ghost. And uh, we've been working with him. He's the one that invited us in. And uh, he says, I was talking with one of the security officers today over at the juvenile center. He's retiring after doing 20 years of service. He told me how much our Sunday afternoon services meant to him as a Christian. He said he always hated working on Sundays and that at least our program helped sustain him. I mean, you'd be surprised how many times you ministered to the guards more than you do the kids when you were there. And, you know, there were healings that happened with the guard and their family. There, there were promotions that happened. I got all kinds of letters from them. It was just exciting. But he said this. Uh, I gotta say Rachel's name right. Nagaruti. How do you say Rachel's name? Is she around here? Today? Is Rachel here today? All right. Well, she had written some letters. Our African connection, okay, to some individuals. Now let me read to you what one of these kids wrote. Okay. Pray that God will keep leading me in the right path and that I will follow Him. This is a juvenile that writes these prayer requests and they get sent to us. She did a one-page letter response and sent that in. And the chaplain said, thank you for giving those encouraging words. And then she did another letter. I mean, I've got, we've got ladies all over here that are doing this. I mean, I get compliments back all the time from Chaplain Brown. Here's Listen to this one that she responded to, Rachel did. Pray for my mom to take me back. Now, that's powerful. A juvenile, a teenage kid, and they're praying for their mom to take them back. And for my grandma to be safe and for my family to forgive me. And so, of course, she wrote a one-page letter. You know, Dolores, there's a lot of other people in here that have responded in these fashions. And he said, not only did that touch me, but it touched the kid. And then he said this. He said there are two things that are going on that he's been finding out from these letters that we've been writing to those kids on their prayer requests. He said, for one, they know that people are praying for them. It, It just totally surprises that somebody would actually sit down and pray for them. And then it says, not only does it inform them, but it helps them how to pray. Man, it helps them to pray. You're helping them to pray. Because everybody's on their last paragraph has been making a prayer for them to say. And they've been saying it. And it's been a a prayer that says, I'm blessed. It's a prayer that says, I've got a plan. It's a prayer that says, I've got a vision. It's a a prayer that says, I love the Lord. And these kids are starting to eat this up. and, And it just excites me. So I just wanted to encourage you that this is going on. No, you know, uh, every Tuesday we have Linda Haney and, you know, we have Mark Johnson that go over to the uh, Hughley Rehab Center. Listen to these prayers. Go ahead, Pastor Justin. What what am I doing? Thanks. Thank you, Pastor Justin. (laughs) This is the service. This is a social service director. She wants a deep desire for things to get back to normal for the residents. This is the activities director. Pray for order. Pray, prayer for order, right? That the Lord would set everything in order, strength, vigor, and energy for her and her other co-workers in her department. And then here's a lady named Helen. And I can say her first name, but I won't. You know, we won't give their last name. But she wants wisdom for her daughter for marriage. Um, Bonita wants her health back. Margaret wants strength and health. Mary wants healing for her legs to get better and stronger and healthy. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together. We join our faith. We're using this letter as a point of contact, right? So now we're going to release our faith and say, Be healed and whole, strength, energy. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to continue to go in to that place so that we can minister to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't don't you get excited about this? I mean, I just want you to know God's on the move. You need to hear this. This is what you are doing as a body of believers. You know, we did the Crowley Outreach, you know, out there at the Bicentennial, right? 49 people got saved over there because we had a handful of people going out there, walking around. And that's not even counting the numbers of chariots of light that they were getting. So, I mean, we own that place. When we did that by some 10 you know, 100, about 100 kids riding that train, more than one. Some of those kids were on there for like an hour, but it, but it was enjoyable. I mean, we're giving them Jesus, and I want you to know that. You need to hear this. You need to see what you're doing. You need to know you're moving in the community, because we've got over 2,000, we've got like 2,049 salvations now. I want you to know that on our outreaches that we've been doing. So this is exciting news, and I want you all to know this, okay? What I'd like to do tonight is go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. I believe this word. I believe when you read this word and you get it in in you, when you put it before your eyes and you speak it with your mouth, it gets inside of you and it begins to grow and it begins to develop. And pretty soon, the next thing you know, you're producing a harvest of the word. Now you're tuned into the Holy Spirit. Now he's speaking to you. And you start getting rhema out of this logos. And I'm telling you, it begins to lead you and guide you. And then you learn how to be qualified to speak. And then you wait for the Holy Spirit to give you the words to speak. And then you speak it. And Jesus says, you abide in me and you abide in my word. You'll speak, and it will happen. Why? Because you've got that word on the inside of you—the revelation, Raymond, knowledge of it's there. You're listening to the Holy Spirit; He's telling you what to say, the words to say, bringing up the scriptures, and then you're speaking to it. And you've got boldness and confidence, and you're you're looking the devil right in the eye, and you're telling them, and you're, and it's coming to pass in Jesus' name. And there's no doubt there's a boldness that comes on when that happens. I want to go to verse twenty. <clears throat> so, Proverbs sixteen, verse twenty. All right, I'm using the King James Version, and uh, it says, he that handleth a matter. So the person, and that word's used for action, it's used for words. So a person who's surrounded or gets in a situation, right? You're in a situation, whatever it is, okay? Finances, health, whatever it is. He that handles a matter wisely, prosperously, okay? There's a choice here. Okay? Shall find, shall reap, shall attain. Good. That's the blessing. You can attain the blessing in the situation. I don't care how the situation happened. I'll find out later from the Lord what happened and how I got into it. Right? I don't care. Okay? I know I have a choice when I'm confronted with a situation. I can have a wise decision, and I can have a good outcome. Whoso trusts in the Lord, blessed is he. So we're being invited here by Solomon. We're being invited by the Lord here to learn about a process, right? You're being invited. You have a choice now. Verse 21. So the wise, the person that speaks, the person that learns. The Bible says a wise man will hear and learn, right? Comes from the word, comes from time with the spending in the presence of the Lord. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. Ooh, able to discern, able to hear something that someone else isn't hearing, able to receive something that nobody else is receiving, right? And it's from the Lord. There's something going on on the inside, right? There's a process happening here. This is people of faith, uncommon valor. This is what people of faith do. They handle matters. From the inside out, right? Isn't that awesome? Nobody can hear it. Now sometimes the voice of the Lord might thunder like with Jesus, right? But that's the way a person of faith lives, right The supernatural way. that's the main way the Lord talks to you is in here, right? You discern it. it. says the sweetness of the lips will increase your learning. <laughs> we're talking about anointing here. How'd you like to speak anointed words? Those are words that you're told to speak by the Holy Spirit. You know what Jesus said? I don't speak unless I hear the Father tell me to speak. But it's the time that you're spending in the Word, right? It's the time that you're meditating on the Word. It's the time you're making altars with it and you're worshiping the Lord. Because I worship the Lord with His Word. I spend time with Him in His Word. I begin to to go over this and I allow this to meditate in my heart. So like a cow that just chews over and over, or like silver that's put in a furnace, or gold, so you let it bubble up and you scrape off the impurities, and you bubble it up and you scrape off the impurities, I'm letting the Word of God refine my heart. I'm letting Him refine my mind. I'm letting Him refine me, so I get to the place where all of a sudden I get the revelation of what He's talking about. And once you get that revelation of what He's talking about, oh man, all of a sudden you're equipped, right? Now you're ready to engage, okay? But imagine the words coming out of your mouth, sweetness. You got sweet words coming out now. Verse twenty-two, understanding the knowledge of this process, the knowledge of this process. You're understanding this. You're not. You've committed your life to this now. You've learned a new way of living. Airplane fly, gravity pulling on airplane, trying to bring it down. Why ain't airplane coming down? Because it's operating in a new set of laws. And that thing will fly up there as long as it can, right? As long as you've got everything working right. The blessing, you can operate and live. Man, I read in Romans 8 2, where Paul said, You can live in the spirit of life, and you don't have to live in the law of sin and death. And when I read that, I was like, Wait a second. You mean if I understand how the laws operate in the blessing, I can receive the blessing, and I can get the results of the blessing, and I can be above the curse? It got my attention. It got my attention. So when you get this understanding in verse 22, it becomes a wellspring of life bubbling up out of you. Bubbling up out of you. Life, right? The Greeks called it Zoe. Life. What makes God? God. Life. It begins to just reek and emanate out of you. It just begins to shine out of you. Right? And it says, It'll happen unto him that hath that. The person who owns it. The person who rules it. The person who becomes husband over it. The person who takes it and makes it his own. It becomes your own. And now you're guarding it. You're keeping it. And you're not going to let anything take you from this process now. You're not going to let anything take these words away from you, right? Right. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my word. Incline your ear to my saying, right? Keep it in the midst of your heart. Guard it. Keep it. Don't let it leave its life. You know, marrow, it's health to your body. Don't go to the left or go to your right when you get in the situation, right? Just go on this process, right? It says here, but the instruction of fools, their system. And that word instruction is the Hebrew word, if I have process right, musar. It means discipline. You're disciplining yourself. You're actually Making it a lifestyle, your lifestyle. So whoever's, you know, the lifestyle of the fool will instead get folly. Okay? Verse 23 the heart, the inner person, right? The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. Oh, my. Mmm. He teaches his mouth. When you spend time in the Word of God and you get into His presence and you begin to go over the Scriptures, you begin to go over the words, you begin to go over abundant overflow, you begin to go over what the Lord's going to do, restoration, right? Unprecedented overflow, firsts in my life, first time, first. I mean, first happening in my life, things in my family, in my health, in my family, in my finances, all of these things. And you begin to go over the Word of God, right? It gets down into your heart and you begin to teach your mouth. And um, when I saw in the scriptures where Jesus got down and began to just write in the sand, in the dirt, while he was being forced and pressed in John chapter 8, he's waiting to hear from the Lord, right? Now, I don't know what he was writing down there, but, but, um, but I know he stood up and then he said something. And that's when I learned from Dr. Savell, Brother Copeland, you know, while we come here, And uh, Pastor Justin, what we've been learning in the Word is, wait until you're qualified to speak. So it's okay in a situation to step back. Just take a breath. Just wait with the Lord. Don't speak until your word, your mouth, I mean, has been trained by the Word. Okay? Okay? Because what you say in that situation that first step you take by speaking in that situation is going to determine the direction that you go. And it's going to indicate to the enemy where you're at. Okay? Because the enemy has to go by what by what we give him, right? And so I don't want to give him the wrong word, right? So I wait till I'm qualified to speak. All right, Holy Spirit. This was back in February 6th of 1994. I just became a, I was a second lieutenant in the Air Force. I was at Vandenberg Air Force Base, and I got attacked with a, with a sickness, okay, a type of uh, blood type of disease, okay. I went into to the doctor, Dr. Uh, Michael Cohen. At that time, Vandenberg had an emergency uh, hospital there. They closed that down about two years after, but um, Just made a little clinic there. But he goes in, tells me I've got a level 2 disease. Okay? And I can't be cured from it because it's incurable. And he says it's always going to bother you. You're always going to have manifestations of it. It's always going to go into remission and then come back out for the rest of your life. Doctor, I'm not against your diagnosis. I'm not against your diagnosis. Okay? I understand. It's there. Okay? I'm against your prognosis. I'm not going to live with this the rest of my life. I'm not going to ha- do that. Okay. Now he he just looked at me. He said, "Well, it, it, that, you got no choice." And you know, at that time, I wasn't really serving the Lord, but my mom had brought me up in church, and she had introduced me to Kenneth Copeland and Doctor Savelle. And, uh, you know, Kenneth Hagin, people of faith, Fred Price. Oh, man, my mom loved listening to Fred Price. And um, we, uh, something inside of me just, I, I don't want, I'm not going to, no. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to believe that. Now, it took a couple years, but I, I'm here to tell you today I'm healed. It has never come back. It has never come back. Okay? And I'm not ashamed I won't exactly say what it is, because it wasn't my fault. Okay, I want you to know that. It wasn't my fault. But there it is, okay? So, I mean, in John chapter 9, Jesus is walking and they see a blind man, right? All right, Jesus. Obviously, this man sinned. Obviously, he's missed the mark somewhere, right? Was it him or his parents that sinned, right? And Jesus says, it was neither. Okay? And I've heard Pastor Justin say this hundreds of times. I don't care how it happened. I'm not going to put shame on me. I'm not going to judge you because you're being attacked by the devil. The devil's the one doing this, right? Acts 10.38. This is why God anointed Jesus, to go around and destroy the works of the devil. He's doing good. He's going out and he's wiping out the devil's work, right? So Jesus, he says this. He says, well, it's light. Well, let's just go there real fast. We'll come back here, but let's just go to John chapter 9 because somebody needs to hear this, okay? So John chapter 9, I'm going to look at verse 3. He answered, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. You know how many times I heard God put that on somebody so that he could get the glory? No, that's sentence structure. When they tried to interpret the sentence, okay? You're you're interpreting Greek and Hebrew, you know, Old Testament, Hebrew, New Testament, Greek. Some of it was, you know, interpreted in Latin. You're trying to interpret that thing back into English, okay? Sentence structuring, right? God did not put that sickness on that guy, okay? Where's he going to get it? Where's God going to get it? He don't have it right, so we know who did it. It's the devil, and so he says that I should. The glory should be made manifest to him. That's why I'm here, because there's a devil out there, right? That's why I'm here, oh. and so I must work the works of him that sent me. While it now it's day, night's going to come when no man works. Well, okay, there's a parable there, right? So as I'm as long as I'm in the world, lights in the world, right? So I'm going to keep doing it. Well, you and I are in the world. We got Jesus in us, and we're in Him, right? So it ain't. The night is far spent. Isn't that what Paul said? The day is at hand, right? Let's go out. We got the light of the Lord, right? Let's go use it. Darkness is gone, right? Amen. Man, that's for somebody out there. Don't don't concentrate on why something's happening. Just concentrate on the answer and who you are. I I read in Psalms 103, because the Lord helped me on this one time, because I was standing and believing on the word, and I'm speaking the scriptures, and, and it's getting down in me. And the words are starting to come out. I'm getting, and all of a sudden, there comes the rhema. There it comes from spending time in the Word. Oh, I'm being like you, Brother Vic. Vagging up, bro. And um, I'm feeling that helper. Amen. And um, all of a sudden, Psalms 103 came to me. David is talking to his body. And he's saying, Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. He's talking to his mind, he's talking to his spirit, he's talking to his body. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Listen to me, mind. I know you're an earth suit. I know you were designed. You, you, five physical senses. Got it. You're, you're doing your job. Thank you. Okay, but now I'm going to tell you something you don't understand. So you got to listen to me. I'm not going to let you be rebellious, body. I talk to every 34.7 trillion cells in my body. And I'm talking to you right now. Stop being rebellious in Jesus' name. Stop it. Stop it. You were designed to hold my spirit and the Holy Spirit. That's what you were designed to do. You were never designed to hold sickness. You were never designed to hold disease. David's doing this, right? He's reminding himself, he heals all my diseases, right? David is having an intimate moment with the Lord. Covenant. He's doing covenant with the Lord at that moment. He's, remind, he's reminded of the covenant. And he's reminding his body of the covenant. Sometimes you've got to stand up to the bully. Sometimes you're going to have to push him. Sometimes you've got to throw a punch at him, right? Because uh, sometimes the devil's going to see what you're made out of, right? And uh, don't, don't give in. Talk, talk to your body. We're going to do this, body, whether you like it or not. You have to answer to the words that come out of my mouth. That's what the Word says. Oh, man, it changed my life. It changed it. And so I just wanted to share that with you. Let's go back over to Proverbs. I'm going to go back over to Proverbs 16. And it says here, I'm going to pick it up at verse 24. We're talking about your mouth. Rhema speaking. And it says, pleasant words. The anointed word. The fruitful word that comes from your time with the Lord and your time in the Word. And the revelation that starts coming from it. Right? The fruitful, the pleasant words are like honeycombs. Right? Honey what? Represents the Holy Spirit. Right? Represents the anointing. Right? It's sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Ooh, and I read that. I was like, "I'm gonna, we're going to get our inoculation. And, you know, and I start, I, I do it, man. I, I do it. I, I, I take my hands, I go like this, and I say, like, oh. inoculated. By his stripes, I'm healed. Inoculated. All right, little fella, go to work in there. Amen, in the name of Jesus. And I start talking to myself, go to work, guys. Go to work in there. Spit it out. I mean, spit it out. If you got to spit it out, spit it out, man. And it's like, reject that thing. No vacancy here. And then it says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, in verse 25, but the end are death. Fallen world, Adam sinned, Adam fell, right? We don't want to be in that situation, right? We don't want to live by the five physical senses, right? And again, I thank my body. Thank you, body. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I can feel that pain. Yeah. Okay. I got it. But now I'm going to tell you something. I mean, mean, see, you see what I'm doing? I'm taking the Word of God. I'm taking what the Lord's trained me to do. And just like like a military guy who's been trained for a combat situation, what you do in a simulator, what you do in training, that's what you're going to do out there, right? Now, all soldiers are green until their first battle, okay? Yeah, understand. It's one thing to learn how to shoot a gun, but it's another thing to learn how to operate in an environment that needs a gun, right? So you begin to learn how to qualify. Yourself with the weapon, but then once you qualify, you got to go out. and You got to begin to engage in combat. Engage the devil. Fight him. The violent take it. Fight force. Right in the kingdom of heaven. The devil's supposed to be the one on the on the run, not you. Right. You're supposed to be one digging in. Here, devil. Boom. Give him one right there. Right, and watch his response. Now, if he tries to hit you back, I like to do what Tommy Hearns did. Tommy Hearns, the boxer, some of you all remember Tommy Hearns. He'd give you a big smile. If you, if you put a lick on him, he'd just smile at you like, is that all you got? I mean, that's what I like to do to the devil. I mean, seriously, I mean, you, you've got to do this to the devil. You've got to stand up to the bully, right? you got to stand up to him. Like, devil, you, nah, nah. And get him another word, right? Mm. So, and then if you look here at verse 26, it says, He that labors, laboreth for himself. I want you to get a picture of a guy at a smorgasbord eating food, okay? I mean, literally, that's what it's trying to talk about here. Someone who's laboring. Someone who's just going to work, going downtown, right? Just just going at it, right? I mean, that's what he's laboring, and he's laboring for himself. For his mouth craves it of him. Man, when I read in Hebrews chapter 5 that you can train your flesh to respond to the Word, you can actually train your flesh to do the things of the Word. Oh, that caught my attention. And that's why I believe, you know, what they're trying to say here, what what, what the Lord's trying to say in here. Right now, what Jesus said in Matthew 5, you know, verse 6, he said that if you hunger for the word and you thirst for righteousness, you're going to get filled. Hey, have at it. Start doing the smorgasbord, right? And the reason why I'm, I'm going over this, and the reason why I'm saying this is because Jesus talked about it in Matthew 12, where he said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And he says, by your words you're justified and by your words you're condemned. How can a good tree produce bad fruit and a bad fruit come out, you know, and a bad tree good fruit? You know, it can't happen, right? A good tree will produce good fruit, a bad tree bad out of the treasures of your heart, right? That's what you're going to speak. And I, I really believe that it has a lot to do with this over here, right? Jesus is understanding this. He's been taught and trained by this, by the Holy Spirit in, in Proverbs and all the other uh, scriptures. And he's been doing this, right? And the reason why I'm I'm saying all this is I'm setting all of us up for Psalms 91. Okay, because this is what the Lord wanted me to do. So let's go to Psalms 91. I wanted to kind of preach and teach a little bit first on the word to show you just, just what the word's designed to do. And now I want to go to Psalms 91. I pray this over me. Yes, I speak this over yes, me. Sir. I speak it over my family. I speak it over my kids. I've spoken it over you and I'm going to continue to speak it over you. I speak this thing. I live this thing. Now I want you to understand David is having a covenant moment here. He is having, it's not like David's sitting down and he's in a good mood and he decides to write a poem or he decides to write something. Like one lady once told me, minister said he was doing. And I was like, What? It's like she didn't understand what David was doing. David is in the presence of the Lord. He is making a covenant exchange with the Lord. He is giving his weapons, his strength, and everything he has to him. And he's receiving everything from the Lord. He is in a covenant moment with him, he is in an intimate moment with him. Okay? He is in the glory. I mean, he's in the glow flow right now, okay? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. That is the guy, that is the girl that gets to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're never alone. You're seated with Jesus. Colossians 3.1, if you've been risen with Jesus, think like Jesus, expect like Jesus, you're above, not beneath Head, not the tail, right? You're dwelling in the secret place. You're abiding in that place. You'll never be alone again. You will never be alone again. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care if your body is just sitting there shaking and squirming. I know that inside of me, I'm an inside-out person. And I know the words that I speak are going to be what's going to turn the direction on everything. Let your moderation be known to men. Don't be anxious. I know fear is going to come. Think of good things. Think of the good report. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring it up. You're dwelling in that secret place. You're seated with Jesus. He's the head. You're the body. You're seated with him on that throne. Okay? I will say of the Lord, that is a vow. He is not only confessing, he is vowing. He just realized who he's with and who he's seated with. And now he's just done a covenant exchange with, with the Father. I'm going to say, I'm going to make this vow. You're my refuge now, Lord. You're my fortress. That's powerful. That's powerful. Okay? Because the rest of the world don't, don't understand that and they don't want to do that. But that's powerful. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your ways. Man, the first thing that happened to me when I got born again is I learned how to love. I did not trust that scripture about forgiving your enemy and blessing your enemy. But I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And so I trusted him on that. And it changed my whole life. I learned how to love. Changed the enemy. They began to love me. I mean, it's powerful. But I mean, this is just one thing. So David is saying a vow here. You have a choice. Now look what David says in verse 3. Look what he's writing now. He's just done an exchange with the Lord. Now you're my God. You're my refuge. I trust in you. I'm seated with you. You're in me. And now, look what he says in verse 3 Surely you have delivered me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Okay? What is a noisome pestilence? Like COVID 19. Something that just runs around, bragging about itself. Everybody in the news media is talking about it, showing what its strength is and what its power is. Uncontrollable, no control not even the vaccines are, are 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 being effective enough against it right and now you're on you got delta then golf then echo you got all these different variants it's trying to do this you know change itself you know it's like they got no answer right now okay they're afraid they're scared okay i would be too if i didn't have this covenant seriously i'd be afraid too if i didn't have this covenant i would be scared right But David ain't saying this for fun. He's got a revelation. It's coming out of his mouth. He's going to deliver me from the snare. Now, this is real interesting, folks. It doesn't, what if you're caught in the snare? What if you've developed something? It's a snare. It's a trap. He's going to deliver you from it. Okay. Any weapon that he begins to develop, any weapon that begins to prosper, that begins to try to overtake you, you will condemn. Right? That's what, you know what he said? And any voice of judgment from a higher authority that speaks a judgment over you that says you have to have that and have to stay stuck with it, you can condemn it. It's your heritage, right? When I read that in the Bible, I was like, oh my goodness, I get it, Lord. Okay? I understand what they're saying, but I have a higher power. I have a higher authority. I can condemn it, right? Okay. He'll cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you can trust his truth now is my shield and buckler now this is where i got to educate my mind this is where i got to talk to my body this is where i got to talk to the situation right this is where i got to spend time in the lord right because the mind is not going to understand the brain will not understand it was only designed to function interact with creation it ain't going to know you're going to have to tell it You're going to have to talk to it, okay? You're going to have to talk to yourself. You're going to have to talk to the situation. You're going to have to speak to it, okay? I'm under that wing, okay? Now, a lot of people think of of the mama chicken or the mama bird having the babies under the wing, you know, and protecting it, and that's good, right? I, I do too. But when I see it, I see Jesus sitting on that mercy seat with those angel feathers all around him, right? And that's what I pictured when I saw that. I'm with him on the mercy seat. And those angel feathers are all around me. Oh, my. I mean, they're all around us, right? Okay, verse 5. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to give in to fear. Fear is the key to the enemy, right? Fear is the key to this whole thing. You don't have to be afraid because you've been diagnosed with something. You don't have to be afraid because something's happening. You don't have to be afraid. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 23, 24, 25, it says, I don't have to be afraid. I can go to bed at night, sleeping good. I don't have to be afraid when fear comes because the Lord will show me a way out. I don't care if he puts clay on my eyes. I don't care if he tells me to go down and do ten jumping jacks. I mean, whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do it, right? I know it's going to work, right? So I don't have to be afraid now when fear comes. It's going to come. Fear is going to come. It's going to try. It's going to try to bully its way into your thinking. It's going to try to bully its way into you. Right? But you don't have to give in to it. And that's powerful. And that's what men of faith do. That's what women of faith do. They don't give in to fear. But your body says it. Don't you see what's going on? The world will say that. Don't you know what the diagnosis is? Don't you know what's going on here? Right? It's like, yeah, I know. But now I'm going to tell you something. See? I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. Right? Right? I'm going to push it back. I'm just going to flip it, right? Okay, so I don't have to be afraid anymore by the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. day. Verse 6, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. This sounds pretty tough. I mean, this sounds like somebody's in a bad way, you know. I mean, sometimes you're going to be, you might be in a situation. I, I mean, you're led by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit tells me to go get the shot, I'll get the shot. If the Holy Spirit tells me to go to the hospital, I'm going to go to the hospital. Do you understand that? I'm listening to the Lord. Right. Psalms 91 is protecting me, okay? The Lord knows. So He's going to tell me to do it. I've gone to hospitals before. I've gotten shots before. I've had procedures done before, okay? Here's what I believe, folks. Okay, what are those little bubbles that try to get in people's intestines? What do you call those things? Um, polymers, right? Isn't that what they call those little things? Polyps, yeah, okay, polyps. I get this letter in the mail, because I'm, I'm a military guy, right? Hey, hey, let me tell you something. I don't study the enemy's ways or his names, right? I mean, I mean, I just get a letter in the mail saying people that enter their 50s need to go get checked for those polyps or whatever, you know? And um, so I'm praying to the Lord about it. He says, go, go ahead and do it. I'm like, okay, Lord, so I go and do it. So I go do this procedure and get this done. And they pull three little polyps out, right? None of them are cancerous. But, you know, I was like, wait a second. They're saying, you got to get this check now for the rest of your life. Now, again, I'm not against the diagnosis, okay? I'm like, wait a second, Lord. I don't want those little bubbles in me. You know, I don't want those little things in my intestines, right? I don't want those things in there. So what do I do? Okay, I went to the doctor. The Holy Spirit's working with me, right? And so, where do I go? I go to the Word, right? I go do it. I don't want those things in there. I don't want them, right? I don't want them in the name of Jesus. So, in the name of Jesus, listen, get out of there in Jesus' name. No. And so, so I'm standing on the Word with that. I'm believing it, you know, and... I. That's what I'm saying. If you get stuck in the snare, or if there's a snare or the Lord will get you out of it, right? Stop worrying about why it's there or how it got there. Just get the thing out of there, right? I don't want it anymore. I mean, it's like, amen. It's like, they could only list so many curses in, in Deuteronomy 28 because there's so many of them. So they finally just, the author, you know, by the Holy Spirit, just said, in any other thing, That the devil throws at you because there's just so many things in there, right? Oh, man, everything is nasty, right? And then, (laughs) oh, thank you, Lord. And then verse 8, only with thine eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Well, you're seated with Jesus. So it's not that you're oblivious to what's going on, okay? You're not oblivious to this. You're just looking at it through a different set of eyes, okay? And that's what he's trying to share right here. You're not oblivious to what's going on. You're just seeing through a different set of eyes. Okay? So you see the condition and the situation differently than what they do. Now, look at verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your habitation. Now, verse 10 is something that I really like because I really meditate on this. There shall no evil befall you. That word Is supposed to be all-inclusive, okay? So no evil shall befall you. No calamity shall befall you. And I had to go over that over and over and over again with the Lord. No calamity. No calamity over my children. No calamity over my finances. No calamity over my health. No calamity over my family's health. No calamity over those that I love. No, and I just start going right down the list over and over and over again. What am I doing? I'm using the Word of God. Just like we were talking about in Proverbs 16. I'm getting it in me. I'm letting it develop in me. And then... When you're in prayer time, the Lord will give you words to say. Or when you're out and about and you're doing something, the Lord will give you words to speak. So when you go to the hospital, like what the doctor did to me, and he said, you're stuck with it all your life. I was like, I ain't going to agree with that, doc. I, no, I didn't argue with him or, or get him all upset or anything like that. I just said, I don't agree with that. Right? And so no evil will fall you. Oh, well, here we go, COVID. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. That's me and my family. I'm telling you guys, I I, I am going to, the Roman soldier had a short sword, right? And when he's talking about this in Ephesians, or he's talking about sticking them with the word, sticking them with the sword, right? He's talking about that little sword, the one that you use for up-close personal combat, the one that you look them in the eye when you're stabbing them, and you're seeing them in the eye when you're doing it. I mean, it is, you are face-to-face. And you're using the word of God and you're face to face with the enemy right and you're driving that word in him and you're not letting go I mean this is combat folks I mean this is life or death right combat okay stand up to that bully and it says for he hath given his angels charge over you they'll keep you in all their ways hey if he has to do a miracle he'll do a miracle right? Yeah. Verse 12, they'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Here's your authority. Verse 13, you'll tread upon the lion, the the, the adder, the young lion, the dragon. You'll trample under feet. Why are you doing this, God? Verse 14, why are you doing this? Why is he doing this? Because he has set his love upon me. I'm in Jesus and he's in me. Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him. Right? I partake of that anointing. I partake just as much of it as He does, right? That's why He's doing this, right? Therefore, I will deliver you. Okay? Stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, I'll deliver you. Okay? I will set Him on high. Oh, here we go. Listen when Pastor Justin's talking about altars. When you're spending your quiet time with the Lord, when you're out and about, because you have known my name. Oh, my. We have that name. (laughs) My name is Joseph LeMay Jesus, right? I mean, I got that name. It's on me. Cleveland Browns, right? I got the Browns on me, right? I I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so I'm a Browns fan. I got my name. I got Jesus' name on my back. I got number one written on me, right? I got the jersey, man. I'm the number one draft pick, right? (laughs) That's why he's doing this, right? In verse 15, he shall call upon me, oh my, oh my, he shall call upon me, and I won't answer, I will answer. That, that word in the Hebrew is, when I, when, I, when I meditated on this, and I began to just concentrate on this, and meditate on it, and pray this over and over. The Holy Spirit said to me, I'm obligated to respond to you. When you call upon me in my name, I will respond. I'm obligated to respond to the calling on that name. Covenant, right? Covenant. I have to respond. I have to respond to it. When you understand that, it's difficult for the devil to talk you out of it. Well, hasn't God responded to that call? Isn't that still happening? Ooh, this is worth. This is where you pull out Hebrews eleven one. This is where you pull out faith. It's my substance. Woohoo! Look at this devil. <laughs> look at this. I got it. I I got the know in my knower. Right? I know. I already know. So your evidence is inadmissible in my court. Okay? It's inadmissible. I'm not denying it's there. I'm just throwing it out. It's inadmissible. So I'm not going to listen to what you're trying to get me to determine what I believe. This is admissible to me. This is what I believe, okay? So, I will be with him in trouble. You're never alone. He's with you in trouble. I will deliver you. I don't care if he has to take a building and move it over here I don't care if if he has to lift you up by his angels and fly you over to another place and lift you down I don't know how he's going to do it, he's God I just know he's going to do it, right and I know the world will come, if he's telling me to do something, I'll be obedient and do it if he tells me to go down the street and mow a guy's lawn, I'll go down the street and mow a guy's lawn right, if he tells me to go do something, I'm going to do it, right, whatever he's going to deliver me, okay he's going to honor me he's going to do it all my life And then verse 16, with long life will I satisfy him. He's going to do this all your life. He's he's promising this to you. And I'll show you my salvation. And so the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about tonight getting the word of God in you. And, you know, I just used Proverbs 16. But they're, they're littered everywhere all over the Bible about speaking. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 12. It opened my eyes about being a good tree with good fruit and how I can get the blessings result by speaking the blessings word. And I want to go over Psalms 91 because I want you to know I don't care how powerful COVID is. I don't care how powerful it flexes its muscles, right? I don't care how hopeless a situation looks like, whatever it is, cancer, whatever it is, that type 2 disease I have, whatever it is. I don't care. All I care about is my covenant with him. And now I understand that I've been inoculated by Jesus' blood. Now, I want to share a quick testimony. Uh, Chief Krause was retiring at the beginning of the year. I wanted to go to that retirement function. I was invited to go. We're we're good friends. And the Holy Spirit told me not to go. I said, Lord, I want to go to this event. He said, I don't want you to go. Okay, I won't go. Well, I didn't know. There was a lot of people at that event. I I didn't know that there were some individuals in there that had COVID-19, okay? And they traced it back to that event. Okay. Now, what am I saying? I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, what if I was prideful and didn't do what the Lord said, right? I'm just saying these things, okay? Because I listen to the... This is what Psalms 91 does. It tells you. So if the Holy Spirit's telling you not to go do something, don't go do it. Okay? Now, I didn't do it. So they call me, you know, they send me a text and all this. You need to go... Email, you need to go down and get checked. I said, no, I don't. I wasn't there. Oh. Well. And so then I saw the secretary when he had meet the chiefs and they were looking at all the new chiefs that wanted to run for chief of police. And she came up to me and says, you're one of the lucky ones, you know. And I said, no, I'm blessed. That's all I said. I'm just blessed. You know, you didn't have to go through all that testing and all this stuff. And I was like, no, I didn't have to do it. See what I'm telling you? Psalms 91 will take care of you, okay. Yes. Now what happens if it tri- if it gets on you? What happens if it does, okay. We just went over it. He's going to deliver me, right. Yes, yes. Don't let the fear get to you. Don't let the devil... The the way the Bible described it in Isaiah, when he's talking about the weapons and the enemy and he's developing the weapons, it's talking about a process. It's talking about stages. It's talking about going deep. It's talking about him increasing the steps of it. Right? So it, it, it comes down to that. It's like he's not going to let his weapon overtake you. So with that in mind, Father, in the name of Jesus. Everyone in here has been inoculated with the word of God. Everyone in here has been inoculated with the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And as I'm speaking, you just receive it. Because all I'm doing is doing what the Lord had me do. COVID, you're beneath our feet. It's not my power, it's God's power. It's not... God made this covenant. I didn't raise myself with Jesus. God rose me up with Jesus. I didn't He seated me there, okay? This is my right. So in the name of Jesus, you foul, ugly, nasty, no good little tiny piece of nothing. because that's what you are in the eyes of God. Get in Jesus name. Stay off my family, stay off my church. Stay off my body in the name of Jesus. Oh, Brother Joseph, you you can't do that. Yeah, I can do that. That's what people of faith are. Okay? This works by love. Faith works by love, right? So we receive it in Jesus' name. Thanks for being patient tonight and for allowing me to do this. Pastor.